Welcome to Entrepreneur Life with me, Joel Campbell, and I am an entrepreneur. Going to be very different this episode. A few different reasons why. One is because I am heading out with the family, so we're off to do something today uh, to play some crazy golf and let the kids play and a few bits like that. So I thought I would do this video on the fly with lots of little bits of videos and then have Paul the cut them up together. So that's one reason, because I'm obviously off out and it's just going to be easier for me to film it that way. I also want to just try doing it a little bit differently so it's not just me sat in front of a camera for half an hour kind of trying to pick a particular subject and talk around that. I'm going to try and cut it up a little bit more and therefore it's a little bit more real for you guys. The other thing is I want to just test Paul a little bit more. I want to just, you know, make his life a little bit, not harder. I just want to challenge him because that's good for employees to be challenged. You know, you don't want just to have a mundane, boring life, same old, same day, in and out, especially if you're a video editor and you're in a creative world, which Paul is. So I wanted to give him something to play with, something a little bit more effort to do, something that's going to just test his prowess a little bit further. So uh, that's what I'm going to do. So I'm uh, just, oop. Thought we were going to cut. Um, so, and it's going to be cut up, and there's going to be loads of little bits that just kind of don't make any sense or anything along those lines. So, um, let's see what happens, and off we go. Two hours later. I got completely carried away in like the. As soon as playing crazy golf, it didn't happen, and then we played some amusements, so I got completely carried away in that, and sat down to have a coffee, and realised I haven't done any recording. Um, so, that's not a great start. I have actually recorded the episode already that was supposed to come out before this, but I've had to postpone it or redo it, I should probably say. And, and mainly because somebody had asked, um, uh, I had a comment on YouTube asking, could I please talk about what happens, what the process is when you have a staff member that's not performing, underperforming, how you deal with that, how you get rid of them if ultimately that's what ends up having to happen, how you manage all of that process. So I did a recording on that, but I'm not going to put it out because I want to add to it. And part of the reason is because actually we're going through a couple of instances like this ourselves at the moment, and that's just, it's been a little while since we've done it, so that's refreshed some thoughts and some um, things that happen in that process I wanted to cover. So I'm going to do that, so I'm going to redo that. I'm going to stop that because Paul will be struggling with the sound because there's so much ambient sound, but I'll back shortly. I'm so super bad at this because I completely forgot to keep doing videos. <laughs> so I'm back just processing a load of financial stuff um, as part of my day, and then I'm going to move on to a few other bits and pieces. But yeah, I'm just going through checking the, uh, the end of month finances, really, the payrolls, the bills to pay, all that kind of bits and pieces um, that I'm still very much involved in. And that's kind of it, just getting it processed. This is music because behind me is toys and playing and all sorts of stuff going on. Um, so yeah, and then I'll, I'll, I'll have more mind space to actually do something properly. I have done the finance bits I need to do, so about an hour, maybe an hour and a half, something like that, just to go through. I'm not going to go see the ins and the outs of what I was having to do, um, but yeah, basically just, just chewing through financial bits and pieces. I've just realised as well, I'm recording all of this portrait, and Paul always likes things landscape, so that's really going to fuck him up as well. <laughs> um, but you know, we'll go with it. It's good, it tests him. I did want to talk a little bit about um, wealth and about money and about income 
and about being rich and all those kind of things and sort of decipher how I would see the difference. I'm going to do that very quickly, but I'm going to do that in a different space because it's a bit windy out here and therefore I know there'll be additional noise, uh, which again, won't come out very, very well. High value production, this one. I've just asked Emma just to chuck the camera up for me and set it up there and just ping it on me and crack on. Um, so as I was saying, I'm really going to test Paul now because I've switched from portrait to landscape. So that's going to put him under, under immense pressure in terms of editing ability. I do talk some shit. Are you heading inside? Well, you never you never listen to my podcasts or watch them, so it's been a nice insight for you to listen to the bullshit that I spout. So I'd said that I was going to talk a little bit briefly about um, wealth and uh, money and, I guess, uh, rich, being rich, and let's, 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 let's classify it as that. And there's a reason why I'm going into this, um, and somebody did ask this the other, the other day, I was, I was asked the question about, about money and how much things are worth and how much you're worth and how you, how you evaluate value and wealth and such like that. So there's loads of different ways, I guess, of breaking it down. The way I look at this is that there's wealth, it's best to explain it, wealth in the way that I consider wealth is enough money for you to live the life that you want to. That is when you're wealthy. So you can have people that actually earn relatively small amounts of money and they're wealthy because they can do all the things that they want to do without any problems. Like they can afford to do all the things they want to do. Um, and I know a, a number of people that I grew up with and they come from the same areas I do and such like that. And other people I've met in life, they're very, very content on a relatively small salary, paying their bills, um, making sure that they can uh, cover the costs, I appreciate that's gone up, and maybe have a holiday year. Some people I know don't even go on holiday year, but they're very content, they're very happy, and therefore I would say that is an example of being wealthy, having enough to do the things you want to be able to do. If we look at the opposite end of the scale, people that want to go out and have big flash holidays, go on like, um, solo cruises, higher, you know, cruise ships effectively or higher um, luxury yachts to go on holiday for a few days, which could be costing hundreds of thousands of pounds, flying first class, driving really nice cars, lots of houses, lots of countries, lots of traveling, lots of restaurants, that kind of stuff. Huge, huge, huge wealth um, is required to finance that kind of lifestyle. So that's kind of how I, how I look at it. Most people, majority of people, I'm talking about the vast percentages here, it's going to be up in the, in the 90 percentile, are they manage. They manage day to day in terms of what they do, week to week, month to month, uh, paycheck to paycheck, and on that salary, that's what they manage. And if they were offered more money, they would take more money, and that would then just fund more lifestyle choices and that basically to me would represent people that aren't wealthy but they manage they get by so on and so forth and i don't really classify something as rich or poor i kind of see it a little bit more in terms of what you can and can't afford because i know lots and lots of people that might be classified as poor but actually have loads of things loads and loads of things because they're just assigning it to credit and they're just assigning it to debt. So they've got loads of flash stuff. They've got nice cars, they might have a decent house um, or a good sized house. They've got TVs, they've got holidays and so on and so things like that. But all they're doing is accumulating, accumulating debt. 
And that's not wealth, that is borrowing money to feed a lifestyle that you cannot sustain. And at some point, that's gonna come back and, and bite you. Um, because it just, it will, it, you, you just can't sustain. You do not earn enough. How you generate your wealth, I think is actually the key thing in terms of how you do it. Because you can only earn so much by working for someone else in a salaried job. And that's not saying that you shouldn't do it, that's just a reality. You will only earn so much by doing that because you only have so many hours in a week that you can uh, sell to your employer to do the job they want you to do. Beyond that, there are no more hours. You, once you've hit capacity, you've hit capacity. So you therefore then have to think about how you put your money to work for you or how you can drive more income through the same amount of hours, whether that's changing jobs or, or whatever it might be. And that's really the balance. And again, that percentile, 95% of the world's population work for other people. And there's nothing wrong with that at all. If anything, that's a really good thing because most of those people, whilst they may aspire to have more or may want more, generally will be relatively content and actually the top tier, yes, there's some really nice things they have, but you know, that's where the question of happiness comes into it. I'm not gonna go into all those kind of things because I don't wanna go delve off too far, but I do think there is a correlation between the percentile of people that work for other people and what can constitutes in terms of wealth and where you are. So I wanted to talk about that because somebody I was asking me the other day about where I sit in this, um, space. Now I have enough money through my salary and through my current income to maintain a lifestyle that's really comfortable but it's not the lifestyle that I would, it's not the lifestyle I aspire to be able to have. I'm not there yet in terms of I haven't generated enough wealth to be able to live that style of life um, and you know that is part of my plan the reason why is because a lot of what i have is still tied up in uh, in the businesses and the investments and the growth and the moving forwards to get me to a point where i can achieve that lifestyle so that's kind of where it is and the reason I wanted to talk about that quickly was because, as I said earlier, um, I was going to do, I, originally I had an episode which was all going to be about employees and what happens when it goes wrong and when employees aren't performing or when the relationship breaks down. How do you deal with that? What do exit strategies look like? How do you manage poor performance? And all those kind of things. And I think that I didn't, I, I did do an episode, but I'm not 100% happy with it. And as I said, we're going through a couple of things at the moment as an organization with a couple of employees where that has refocused that exact discussion. So I'm going to do that video once we get beyond this. What I do want to quickly talk about is all the things that we've been doing, because there's some huge things, huge positives that we've been doing recently that I talk about in a very blase way, but actually they're massive, massive successes. So as you know, we bought the prison, um, all the heritage listed sections of Shrewsbury Prison, where we operate 100% of our tourism business from. We didn't buy all the remainder of the site, which was all of the non-listed buildings out the back, which were all supposed to be developed into housing. Um, ultimately, we didn't buy those because at the time, 
we didn't we i wasn't happy with the price that the sellers wanted for them i didn't believe that was the right value so i was like i'm not buying it i'm not paying over the odds i'm just not doing it sell it to somebody else for housing if they develop into housing on the back of my tourist attraction then so be it but i wasn't prepared to pay above what i felt was the right price for that eventually after i think about a year um, we actually came to an agreement on what that number is, which I was happy with, they were happy with, and we have now since gone through the exchange of contracts and we're very, very close to completing um, with things moving forwards at, at you know, a, a really good rate that I'm very happy with. So that's huge because we will own the entirety of Shrewsbury Prison, all the walls, everything inside it, a load of stuff outside of it, a few other bits and pieces which we will talk about, but we're still unpicking a couple of bits with our solicitors around access, who owns which bits of land. There's some, some really convoluted and historic things in there that we still need to unpick. But it's really, really exciting. It's really good and it has massively diversified our portfolio because we're going to have a number of buildings that we are going to be um, renting out or leasing out as office space, which means we will have a completely different arm to our business, diversifies the portfolio, provides us more stability, provides us a different style of income, um, and that will then bring more money into the business, which we can then apply into what we're doing, into our growth, into paying our employees more, into investing more, and into ultimately driving towards the lifestyle I would like to get to. So all these things are good. Um, we just had the planning permission granted for Shrewsbury Prison, so we put an application in once we bought the prison to change the planning to usage of uh, tourism, sweet genre, our restaurant, and all those kind of bits. And we've just had that granted, full planning permission granted, which again is really, really good news. We didn't have any objections, nothing contentious in there, nothing problematic. It was super, super smooth. So in the last few months, we've gone from being tourism operators, from having a tourism operating business, and I've gone from being CEO of a couple of different businesses, but predominantly in operations, events, tourism, um, and such like that. And we've just bought a building that we're going to develop, which brings us into a, into a world of developing and being developers. Um, loosely, I say that because on a small scale, we've gone through plannings, we've gone through planning applications, we've got those done. So we've just adding more and more skill sets, more strings to our bow, if you will, to be able to go on to the next thing, which we're already eyeing up three or four different things. So for example, the, our commercial director and our attraction director went and had a look at the um, restaurant opportunity in the Theatre 7 in Shrewsbury. So they both went and had a look um, at the unit, at what the um, tender was looking like, whether it was something that we wanted to apply for, something we wanted to do, whether it fitted with our portfolio. We didn't really think it did, but because it was local, it's on our doorstep, we know we can offer great value, we know we can do a good job, we wanted to go check out. How was the dog walk? Awesome. Yeah? Yeah, well, you drove to do the dog walk, eh? Yeah. Oh, okay. um, so, <laughs> so, so they went and had a look at this and they came back and I was chatting to them on the phone. I said, hey, how was it? What do you think? Is it a goer? And they both went, it's not a goer. We don't think that we should run the restaurant. We don't think we should take it over. We don't think we should put a bid in. I went, okay, cool. Nothing lost, but nothing ventured, nothing gained. It's all good. And I went, hold on. We think we should run the entire theatre. 
And I was like, you are? And they were like, we don't think we should run the restaurant. We think we should run the whole lot. The theater, the small theater, the cinema, the restaurant, all the concession stands, the whole shebang. And, and I, was, I, was, I was very surprised by that because they obviously went to look at something specific, which was relatively small. And they came out going, we want to take over this whole thing. If we're going to do it, we're going to do the whole thing. So I asked the question as to why. Why do you think we should do that? And they came out with three really key reasons. Now, they obviously know me quite well because they know I like to work in threes. So they came out with three really solid reasons, really good commercial, uh, sensible choices here, sensible things. And I was like, that is spot on. And it is something that I will propose back to the council. I say, hey, look, we're, we're not going to tender on this, but we would be prepared to take over the entire theatre um, and, and do something quite special there. Now, that won't happen because the council love the theatre. Um, it, as I understand, generates money. So therefore, it's very much seen as an asset, not a liability. They wouldn't want to outsource it to a private operator, I don't think. And if they did, they would then go through a tender say, stage. And I'm sure there are a number of theatre operators out there that would be interested in it because it's a lovely theatre. And in fairness, they can probably do a better job than we can in the first instance because they know that industry really, really well. And I say in the first instance because what we would have to do is learn it. But once we've learned it, I think we can compete because that's what I believe in in terms of with our business and with our people and how we do things is once we've learned it and we've got it, we're going to compete at the highest level. And we've shown that with the other businesses we have. So yeah, so, so, so that was quite interesting um, and that was something we were looking at. There's a few other bits and pieces we're doing, but that, that brings us back to kind of those good points of the things we're learning and how we're going and how we're developing. I think I'm going to leave it there for the moment. There's some other things I want to talk about um, and I want to talk about the release of... Uh, oh, hello, hello, hello. Uh, there's my nephew, my three-year-old nephew banging on the glass. Um, so I'm going to talk about something else that, we're, that we've been doing, that we've been working on, um, and also about the actual purchase of the prison, because I, I really, really want to share with people the challenge, because I make it sound so super simple in these videos, and it's not. And the whole point of this podcast and this um, uh, show, or this, 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 what I'm doing here of Entrepreneur Life, is to showcase what it's like as we go through it, not to showcase what it's like once we've done it. And that's really challenging. But I'll come back to that shortly. A few moments later. As I've just finished that little snippet, something's happened. And I, I want to get people's thoughts thoughts on this because I'm, I'm curious as to where people stand. So earlier on, whilst we were out, my uh, 11, nearly 12-year-old daughter went into a bit of a... Um... Can I help? No, Okay. Um, you go back inside, mate. Go inside, please. Went into a, uh, I wouldn't say a tantrum, but basically was, wasn't very happy. Was pretty rude, was pretty nasty. Um, the usual things that parents get, you're a terrible father, you're a horrible father, you're the worst person in the world, I hate you. Rah, 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 rah. All those kind of things. So not very nice things, but stuff that you get from kids is they get quite emotional. So in... 
traditional response was like, can I have your phone, please? That's gone, I'm gonna confiscate your phone. Um, obviously that went into more like, ah. but anyway, confiscate your phone, it's gone, you're not having it back type stuff. Not, not at least for today anyway. Now the problem is that she wants her phone to do to do Duolingo because she's learning Spanish and she's got a 13-day streak, which means she's been doing it for 13 days straight, and she doesn't want to lose her streak. So she wants to spend about 15 minutes on her phone doing Duolingo. I don't think I should let her have it back because her not being able to do it is part of the punishment for being so rude and mean and nasty not just to me but to, to everybody who was out and therefore i don't think she should be allowed it back because if i let her have it back even just for that snippet that means that she still gets to do certain bits and because she's so desperate to do it surely by not letting her have it that's the most suitable punishment because she's missing out the other side of that coin is though she wants it to do education to learn another language so should I let her have it back for that piece or should I not? And therein is the great challenge of parenting. If only parenting was as easy as running a business, <laughs> I'd be great at it. Um, not that that's easy anyway. So yeah, so I'm curious as to what you guys think about whether she should or should not be allowed her phone. And in future episodes, I'll tell you what I actually did. 8.01 p.m. Good evening. That is pretty much where I've got to, is into the evening. You can see it's a lovely day out here in New Zealand. It's actually been pretty shit. <laughs> the weather has been atrocious the last uh, week or so. And um, they've had some really bad flooding and such like that. Today's been okay, actually. It's not been too bad, as you've seen, so I've been out and about. I wanted to finish this video, and I wanted to finish it around... There's numerous places I could do it, but realistically, I wanted to talk a little bit about about our people and I am going to do a different video at some point more into what it is that CEOs and directors and managers want from their people <clears throat> what it is that makes CEOs happy and one of the things that makes me the happiest is our people seeing our people grow seeing them develop seeing them come into something completely new and different getting outside their comfort zones and really pushing forwards i really enjoy that and one of the reasons i wanted to talk earlier about wealth and about money and i wanted to be really honest about the fact that absolutely money is a driver in terms of what i do and why i do it it's a driver it's not the driver it is a product of what happens and i'm intelligent enough to understand that and I'm not naive enough or arrogant enough to go money's got nothing to do with it because that would be bollocks money absolutely has a position in there but it's not the core reason it's a reason and the core reason and one of the things I do what I do and I work as hard as I work and I sacrifice what I sacrifice is I actually enjoy it and I do have a lot of enjoyment and I get a lot of I guess like benefits the wrong word, but I get I get a lot from seeing people develop. And when I when I when I say that, I look at some of the people that we have inside our organisation and some of the people that have left us, and seeing what they either are doing now with us, or what other people have gone on to do elsewhere, and how we've been part of that journey, how we've supported part of that journey, how we've nurtured that development, and how they're moving forwards, and that gives me a real pleasure. And actually, I've always said that our business 
is investing in people. It's about investing in good people, supporting those people, developing those people on that journey with us. Whether that journey with us is two months, two years, 20 years, whatever it may be, my preference is always longer um, because I, I feel that's better for us. It's better for the business. Whether it's better for the individual or not, that's down to the individual. But it is about that growth and it is about that development. It's all part of that journey. And I get something quite special from that. And I think the more we do that, the more we concentrate on our people and what they're doing and how they're developing, the better our business is and the further we will grow. And actually, one of the reasons why I'd like to have a bigger company to get to the 100 million plus and have those thousands of employees is I think we can make a difference to people's lives. I think we can impact people's lives on a positive and I think we can make a huge difference to them and to their families. So therefore, I think the bigger we can make our business and make our brand and bring our culture and our ethos and our visions and our values and our and, and everything to the table is only going to benefit people. Um, and the world's a difficult place. Life is hard enough as it is. So I think that's something that I'm very passionate about and that's one of the things I want to be able to do. There are many other things in there and like I say, money is one of those. Creating new things to develop the world on a wider range is another one. Um, Changing the world, improving it is another one. Doing things to benefit the next generation. Doing things that benefit our current employees, their families and such like that. And enjoying life and enjoying the journey. They're all massive factors in why I do what I do and they all help me to drive forwards and work hard and one of the things I've been saying recently if you if you follow me on social media is how I feel that I work harder than most other people and I'm going to leave it at that because that's a big statement to make and I do stand by it I do think I work harder than most other people Let's see how that one falls with everybody, and I'll pick that up going forwards. Um, but other than that, I'm going to leave this podcast for now. I'm going to leave Paul to edit it. Um, I'm going to do a very quick finish. So, Paul, if you can edit the podcast for me, that would be fantastic. Um, I'm not even going to tell him. I've got all these different clips. I'm not even going to tell him which order they're in. I'm going to see if he can figure that out just by the flow and the sun and where it is in the sky and stuff like that. So I'm being a bit of a bastard, really. Um But I know Paul enjoys the challenge just as I enjoy the challenge. And that's really what we strive for is, you know, challenging ourselves to do something new and exciting and break those barriers and break that um, ease and develop. Because when we're challenging ourselves, when we're challenging things, that is when we develop and that's when we grow and that's when we get the most out of life. Apologies for the shaky camera because I've been holding it most of the day. That's me. Um, Podcast over. Thank you for listening to Entrepreneur Life with me, Joel Campbell, and I am an entrepreneur. I thought that was a little bit squeaky at the end, so I'm just going to finish it off one more time. Thank you for listening to Entrepreneur Life with me, Joel Campbell, and I am an entrepreneur. 12 o'clock midnight. I was just uploading the videos for Paul, and I remembered that I'd missed a really important part. So I'm going to add this on to the end. What I was saying earlier about... um, entrepreneur life about the podcast about it being the here and now and really not kind of this is what we've done in the past but like talking about as it as it's happened actually happening and I wanted to talk a little bit about the purchase of the prison and how I went through that journey but what I did do 
was I started recording back in 2019, which seems so long ago now, sort of four years ago nearly, I started recording little snippets of videos about the process we were going through to potentially buy the jail and what that might have looked like. And at points in there, we were going to have to close the prison. There was a point where I was geared up, ready to go and inform our staff that we were close to getting bit by a mosquito. There was a point that I was geared up and ready to go and tell our staff that we were going to close the prison and they weren't going to have jobs and that whole thing had come to an end. And then there were points where I was like, right, we're going to buy it. And then points like we weren't. And I recorded that for three years. And Paul has edited now, edited it now, into four episodes because it's come out at about an hour and 20 minutes long. So we've cut it up into four episodes and they are going to be the next four episodes of Entrepreneur Life is me talking about the journey, you seeing me talk about the journey as I'm going through it, to buying a prison and how that all came about and how we got there in the end. So that's going to be the next four episodes after this one. I hope you enjoy it. It truly is Entrepreneur Life.